Well, good morning, Surf City. I'm so excited about today. Listen, we are getting ready to jump in to a brand new series. It's a brand new season. Uh, summer is upon us. We've actually just cleared six months of this 2020. You know, and the fact of the matter is that there are many of us that feel like 2020 is canceled and that everything that God has put in your heart, some of you even before 2020, that it's canceled. But we're believing, we're believing that although 2020 has been a difficult and a challenging year, that some of the greatest things, even the food that we eat, grows out of dirt uh, that is oftentimes fertilized by manure. And so we're believing that 2020 is not canceled. So guess what? We're starting a brand new series today called It Ain't Canceled. Come on, in the comments, I just want you to go ahead, let's pop this off and just say, it ain't canceled, it ain't canceled, it ain't canceled. And so we're believing that everything that God has set over your life, even at the top of this year, not only have we already begun to see the manifestation of God's power in eradicating and fighting against various things that have plagued our world for the longest time, but we're believing even you for everything that God has placed in your life, that it is yet and still going to come to pass. Come on, somebody else in the comments says, it will come to pass. Come on, it will come to pass. If you will, turn with me to the book of Genesis. What book did I say? We're going to Genesis chapter 37. And so I want, as we uh, go to Genesis 37, I'm going to pray and we're going to jump right into the scripture today because it's a longer reading and I want to kind of go line upon line and grab some things out of it. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I'm just so thankful today for this preaching opportunity. Lord, I am praying right now that your power, Lord, would move and translate even through these cameras. Lord, that it would permeate and saturate and imbue those who are watching with faith. Faith, Lord, that is capable of moving mountains. Lord, I pray that hope would be ignited, Lord, even as we run towards the end of this year, that people would know that you are still with them. And God, I pray not only this, that in this moment, Lord, wherever your gospel is being preached around the greater Toronto area, Lord, remember all of our friends and churches that are declaring your word. We are not in competition with them, but Lord, we realize that we are co-laborers. So Lord, we pray that power and manifestation would take place where your gospel is preached. Not not only here in Toronto, but all around the world. And so we thank you and we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, right where you are, one more time. Somebody say, it ain't canceled. It ain't canceled. Come on. Glory to God. Listen, uh, I want to jump in. This is a, a powerful story in scripture. It is one that is common to those who are Christians. However, you know, you may not be a Christian or this may be your first time hearing it. And I'm excited to be able to introduce you to it. It's a story of Joseph. There's a, a guy by the name of Joseph who has a dream that is a powerful dream. It has massive implications. And, you know, and there's some things that happen throughout the course of his life that from the outsider looking in, you could look and say, man, it don't seem like what he dreamed was going to come to pass. So let's start. Genesis 37 verse 1. Bible says, Jacob lived in the land of his fathers, sojourning in the land of Canaan. Verse 2, these are the generations of Jacob. Then it goes on and says, Joseph, everybody say Joseph. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. 
And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now, verse 3, now Israel, or uh, who is also known as Jacob, uh, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a robe. Everybody say a robe, a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of the brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Verse five says, now Joseph had a dream. Everybody say a dream. He had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream, this is verse six, that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed themselves to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? And then he says, or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. And then verse nine says, then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars were bowing down to me, verse 10. But when he told it to his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground to you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept this saying in mind. As I'm jumping into this story, I remember, uh, I'll never forget, you know, many years ago. A lot of my stories start with many years ago. Uh, I mean, you, you think that I'm older than I am. Uh, but I started pastoring when I was 20 years old. I got licensed to preach at 19. And, you know, the first church that I started was a college church I was getting ready to plant. And I will never forget you know, sharing this dream with various people. I just kept having visions and dreams about going into this college area, you know, that was heavily, it was very religious, uh, but there were so many young people that did not know the Lord. And I sensed in my heart the importance and the need, the necessity for being able to preach the gospel there and to see God do mighty things. And I'll never forget, like in the moment, I did not understand fully what it was that God was saying, but I knew that God wanted to do something powerful. And so, you know, I thought just as I can think about Joseph, I was so excited. I'm like, man, I got to tell people. And so I went and I started telling friends and I quickly realized that although there were people who were for me and who were um, who were like, wow, this is amazing. There were others who were like, eh, you know, uh, and especially there were some adults that were around and they were like, what are you trying to do? And they would prophesy doom and gloom. And man, one of the craziest things happened. It was the day of the opening of this college church. And I was getting ready, I was excited. The worship team had prepared, you know, the, the, um, the, all of our friends had traveled from far and near to come out to support and young people. It was just nuts just to see the excitement, like what's getting ready to happen. And so we're getting ready to have this service. And all I can remember is in the moment, 
like let's say maybe 10 minutes before service was supposed to start i'm getting ready to run in there and this guy comes charging out of nowhere a guy who is someone that was somewhat of a mentor figure and he just comes out of nowhere and he was like the lord just showed me that this is not going to work that this is horrible and actually i'm getting ready if you fail when you get up there and fail i'm going to come in there and i'm going to carry you out on my back i'm going to carry you out because i feel like i have like a hero mission and i gotta like save you to come out of and i'm like what on earth Imagine, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of like leaning to myself. I'm like, you could have picked any time to come and tell me this stuff. And you are literally with hundreds of people inside this auditorium waiting for this church launch. You're going to wait till 10 minutes before and you're saying the Lord told you, the Lord told you. Well, I decided in that moment, you know, he, I felt like he wasn't getting it. Uh, it was freaky. It was kind of scary at that moment, but I decided to move on and to move forward and to push past what was being said. And so I go in, we end up having the service. It was bananas. When I say bananas, I mean, it was bananas. The Lord moved powerfully. Tons of young people got saved. It was actually the beginning of a mighty move of God on that campus and in the area going forward. People were healed. People were delivered. People still talk about it to this day, you know, and so what it was that I saw from the Lord, there were challenges in between people that I thought had my back. They decided to walk away and, you know, and then even people who were mentor figures in my life that showed up and they, I, they would prophesy doom and gloom, even up to the moment I was getting ready to get started. I, I, for a, a long time thought that, you know what, man, maybe this thing is canceled. Maybe I, you know, had too much taco, but I used to love some, uh, those cheese quesadillas back in the day when I used to be on dairy like that and i used to love the seven layer burrito mm, it was so good i thought maybe maybe the man them ate too much taco bell too late at night because the dream that i had you know the voices that were around me were uh were, were the most challenging towards it but the fact of the matter is what happened consequently what happened subsequently was a reminder that if god has said that you are to do something it does not matter what happens in between the promise come on somebody and the fulfillment that at the end of the night if God said it it will come to pass somebody in the comments put it will happen it will happen and so as I'm thinking about this experience and all that God has done this story is so powerful about Joseph now I want to note a couple things before I jump into the meat of this thing the first thing is uh, realize that 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 this chapter this chapter is very very powerful it is actually the Toledoth uh, the Toledoth Everybody say the Toledoth. It is the Toledoth, um, which means in Hebrew, it is the 10th and the final division. The 10th and the final division of Genesis. So it is the Toledoth of Genesis. Most people, when they think of this story, they just isolate it as one story. But it is the 10th and the final section of the book of Genesis. Not only this, but this story is only one piece of the big picture of Israel's history and the posterity of Jacob. So this story is bigger than the dream of Joseph, which you're going to see as we continue to unpack this series. Nonetheless, it is imperative that we don't skip over it. And I believe that even in this season that we're in, that it is imperative for us to be able to dive in. And there's some things that we get to be able to learn from Joseph and what he did with the dream 
redeem that he received. Now, the first thing I want to, to, to highlight is that you've got to be prayerful. Here it is, point number one. Be prayerful and careful when sharing your dream. Be careful and prayerful when sharing your dreams. See, the fact of the matter is that Joseph, he is 17 years old. He's someone that is keeping the sheep. You know, he is in a position where he is probably, I can just imagine my 17 year old self. You know, when I would see stuff, when I would get excited about something, you go out there and even if you have the right intentions, you just start telling people stuff. Anybody else, you know, ever been in the position where you start telling people stuff and you realize that maybe you shouldn't have put it out there? The fact of the matter is that not everybody is going to be able to receive your dream nor are they going to be as passionate come on somebody about what you are passionate about and this is one of the challenges in our world today at the end of the night there are many of us who uh, get discouraged because people are not as passionate about what you're passionate about but God didn't give them the dream God gave you the dream and so the fact is not only this there are many who come to deflate the dream that God has given you so we have to be very careful about that which we're sharing I don't even think honestly you know that Joseph had a proper understanding of the dream you know we read scriptures like this and we kind of uh, take out the humanity from the characters that are in the scripture he's a 17 year old boy and although he is getting revelation from God it doesn't mean he had a full understanding of what it is that he was dreaming and so he's like man this is a crazy dream I'm about to go and share it and so, you know, he probably should have spent some more time in prayer and seeking God, asking him, who should I share this dream with, if anyone, right? And there are many of us, and just thinking about us, I know for myself, when you receive a dream from God or when you receive a vision from God or something that God has directed you on, how much time do you spend being in prayer, seeking God for who you should disseminate this information to or who you should connect with in order to help bring the vision to pass? How much time do you spend seeking God about that which he shared? Or do you hear it and then because of excitement you go out and you share it quickly? In this season especially, I'm telling you, with what is taking place after, because there are many of you that you were in prayer, especially as our church, we always spend time in prayer seeking God about what our 20, what our new year is going to look like. And many of you spent time at the top of the year looking and saying, I wonder what my 2020 is going to look like. God, what do you want me to do? And you heard from God. And now there's been some craziness that's happened with COVID and everything around what's been transpiring with fighting and the combating of racism. And there are people that you have spoken to and shared stuff with and they have tried to uh, try to, to, to pull you back or to hinder you. Come on, somebody. Am I the only person that's been in that position? They might have told you, see, I knew you were crazy. What is it that you're talking about? So we need to spend more time seeking God about what it is that he has told us than uh, the amount of time that we spend going out and sharing it with others because we want to make sure, you know, when I was, when I was uh, in the States in our second church plant, there was a guy by the name of Brother Larry and this guy was one of those men's men. He was somebody who I loved dearly and he always would tell me, he'd be like, young man, you got to learn to measure twice and cut once. 
Measure twice and cut once because, you know, most of us will measure once, you know, and then we'll end up cutting more than once. And so he was like, when we were doing some work, he was teaching me some construction stuff. And he's like, you got to measure twice so that you can cut once. And that's what it is. I, I, I feel like in this season, even as especially as it pertains to discernment, there's some of you that God is speaking to right now. And you got to go back and say, God, what is it that you are saying? I want to make sure that I'm hearing you clearly. I want to make sure that I'm hearing you correctly so that when it is that I share this information, I'm sharing it with the right people. Come on, somebody. When it is that I execute that which you have shown me, I'm doing it and I'm doing so in a way that is accurate and is impactful and that it's potent. Not just because I heard you share it with me, but because I have the instructions to be able to execute it effectively. When God gives you a dream, when God shares something with you, his desire is for you to to execute it in a way that is excellent. Come on, somebody. Excellence should be your standard, not your goal. That's one of the things that we say at Surf City. And when I'm talking about excellence, I'm not talking about perfection, but I'm talking about you giving it your best and opening your ears to hear what it is that the Lord is saying so you don't just run off because you're excited and then you put it in the hands of people that end up trying to hinder you, but you are able to put it in the hands of those who are for you and you're able, you know, there's something about like with Mary and Elizabeth, when, when Mary, and I know this ain't the text, we're gonna get to the text in a minute, but the thing about Mary and Elizabeth is that Mary has uh, just received a revelation from the angel Gabriel that she was, but she was pregnant with Jesus. And as she's getting ready to go and, uh, and she's now in this journey where she heard something pretty crazy, you know, she goes to her cousin Elizabeth. And when she talks to Elizabeth, Elizabeth is pregnant with, uh, with John the Baptist, who also has a massive assignment, is actually going to be the forerunner of Jesus. And so in that moment, uh, the Bible makes it clear that the baby in Elizabeth leaped when it was declared and when it was shared that, uh, that, that they both were going to be having these babies. And so this is powerful. You got to get around some Elizabeths in this season. You got to ask God, God, where are the Elizabeths? Come on. Where are the people that I need to be around? Because they're, the baby's going to leap. They're not going to turn to jealousy when they hear what it is that's being shared. But they're able to know that what God is doing in me is not going to cancel what God is doing. I just, I wonder if there's anybody that's here with me in this preach what God is doing in me is not going to cancel out what he is doing in them and so you got to get around people and pray that God would put you around people that when the situation pops up that instead of jealousy the situation is celebratory come on somebody people that can shout when they hear what it is that God has planned for your life but I got to move I got to move so so watch this watch this be prayerful and careful when sharing your dream not only this I want you to understand that just because people love you doesn't mean that they love or will support your dream. Come on, somebody. You hear what I said? Because just because people love you doesn't mean that they're going to love your dream. You have to understand the people who were hating on Joseph were in his household. It's sometimes it's your family that are the biggest haters and deflators of your dream. Come on, somebody. Sometimes it's the people that are in your own household that are the biggest haters and deflators of your dream. And so the fact of the matter is just because people love you doesn't mean they love you 
love your vision or your dream. And so you have to be careful even as it pertains to your family. The fact of the matter is that Joseph's family, because see what they, when he shared it with them, they got the symbolism. He didn't tell them, hey, I'm going to reign over you and you are going to suck and I'm going to be the boss. That was not the point. The fact of the matter is they understood the dream, but they missed the revelation. My God. You see, we're going to learn later on in this passage and later on in the in this series that what they missed and what they did not see is that Joseph's dream actually was for their benefit. But they were so focused on the details that they missed the revelation. Oh my, I wonder if there's anybody that's listening to me on this morning. There are a lot of people in your life that understand the details, but miss the revelation. And there's some of you, you're like, oh, they get me. Oh, and I got to share stuff with them because they understand. Oh, you so get, they can get the details, but not get the revelation. And that's why if I could just talk to somebody, even as I have a word of knowledge, because there's some of you who are watching, you're like, man, they were cool at the beginning and they heard the details, but then things just flew and change and the reason why it flipped and changed is because they understood the details but they missed the revelation come on there are people in your life that hear the details but they miss the revelation and this is what we see happening with Joseph's family they realized that there was so much power not only was this dream connected to the posterity of Jacob, in other words, his dad, he didn't realize that this dream ultimately was going to go towards uh, lengthening his line. Come on. That was going to go towards lengthening his line to make sure God was actually making a plan of provision through Jacob's through, uh, through Joseph's dream to be able to secure his future in a difficult time. And his brothers didn't even realize that this is what was going to happen. Spoiler alert, that they were going to be saved and their lives were going to be saved because of this dream. They missed the revelation. They didn't know that in Revelation chapter 12, if you go to Revelation chapter 12 and read that entire chapter, that even this dream, uh, if you were in summer school, shout out to summer school, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where this whole idea in, the, in verse 9 and 10, where he talks about the stars and the moon and the sun. He didn't realize that this was giving us a revelation, that this was a picture of Israel. This was going to give us a picture of Israel in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 12. He didn't realize the magnanimity of the dream and how it was going to impact him and his family. And this is why they hated on him when they heard it. But I want you to see this. So now they're vexed at this dream. They're vexed at what is taking place. They are jealous of him. They're talking about it. They said uh, to one another, here comes this dreamer. Verse 20, come now, let us kill him and throw him in one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him and we will uh, see what will become of his dreams. Watch this. Verse 21. This is very, very powerful. But when Reuben, everybody say Reuben. When Reuben said to him, shed no blood, said to them, shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. Verse 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore. I want you to note this. Watch this. The fact of the matter is here it is. Here it is. God often places helpers in the midst of the haters. Woo who 
go have church with me on this morning. God often places helpers in the midst of the haters. By the way that we were reading, you may have thought that each and every single one of his brothers was completely against him. And so even though one of them didn't fully understand what was going on and didn't catch the big revelation, he was there in the midst to be able to say, hey, let us not kill him. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you may feel this morning like everybody is against you. You might feel like you ought to throw in the towel because there's nobody who is for you. It may seem like the haters are pervasive. It may seem like you are surrounded on every side by those who do not like you. But how many of you know that in the midst of the haters that God will always send a helper? Come on. When Nehemiah was getting ready to rebuild the wall, Bible makes it clear that even a heathen king that he was serving at that time gave him some trees from his forest to go and rebuild the wall that he was getting ready to rebuild. And although Sanballat and Tobiah and the other haters that were there, that there were people who came to support and to finance the dream and the vision that God had put in their heart, in Nehemiah's heart. I wonder who I'm talking to on this morning. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't listen to Satan that everybody is against you in the midst of the haters. God has a helper. I feel my help right now. I'm going to just go ahead and jump on the help bus because it's about five of y'all in here that need to know and remember that if God said it, nobody can take it away from you and God will always send, come on somebody, some helpers in the midst of the haters. I love it when God told the children of Israel to go later on. We'll find out when God tells the children of Israel to go and cross in to the promised land. Come on, somebody. Bible makes it clear that there were some spies that were sent out to go and see if indeed what God said about the land was indeed true. And they went there, but when they went there, they saw giants in the land. Come on, coronavirus. They saw all sorts of stuff in the land that would have come against them being able to go into this land. But the Bible makes it clear. The Bible makes it clear. The Bible said. The Bible makes it clear that when they got back, they, everybody started murmuring and said that we are as grasshoppers in their sight. But then the Bible says that Caleb stilled the people. My God. Caleb stilled the people and says that we are more than able to be able to go up and to inhabit this land even as God said so. And so the fact of the matter is that Joshua, who was their leader at the time, could have been discouraged. Can I talk to a pastor? Can I talk to a leader right now that might be in the place? Come on, I'm just going to be obedient to my assignment. You might be in the place where you're like, you know what? You're like, man, it must be everyone who's against me. There's no one who is here for me. There are people who are trying to hinder and to stop. But God didn't call you to bring it to pass by yourself. It's not by might or by power, but it's by his spirit. And so if he said that it's going to come to pass, no matter how many haters are around you, come on somebody, all you need are the right people or the right person to be able to come alongside you to bring the vision to pass. Stop trying to get everybody to like you. Stop trying to get everybody to be your boo and your best friend. You don't need everybody. Who you need are the right people. The people who are assigned to your life to accomplish the plan of God for you. Come on somebody. Somebody in the comments just 
put, I just need the right people. Come on. I don't need everybody to give me a high five. I don't need everybody to be, to have my back. But as long as I got one, come on, all I need is one to be able to carry out, ah, my God, what it is that God has called me to do, my God. So they say, Reuben says, Reuben says, nah, fam, I know I might not fully get this thing and whatever, but we're not finna kill him. Uh, let's, 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 and so Reuben has a plan. His desire is once they're thrown in there, that God, that uh, he's going to come back and take him secretly and then go ahead and, and take him to the father. But then look at what ends up happening. Look at what ends up happening. The Bible says that when Joseph in verse 23 came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore. Man, and something that I love about the story of Joseph is that no matter which position he is in, which you're going to see as we continue to go on, that they can take stuff away from him. But the favor of God that is on his life is not a Attached to come on somebody to the manifestations of God's favor upon his life it's not attached to the position so in other words you can take my role but you can't take my favor you can strip me of my clothes, but you can't take the anointing that God has on my life. I don't know who I'm preaching to on this morning. I just go ahead and preach, black man, because the fact of the matter is there are many of you in this place that are watching and there's some things that have been stripped from you. Come on. But how many of you know that the anointing and the power and the favor of God on your life is not attached? You can take my stuff, but you can't take my favor. Come on. You might be able to rob me of the things that I have, but I'm so glad that the favor of God Joseph's father still loved him come on even without his robe I don't know who I'm talking to because some of you in 2020 you have lost some things and you're like man what on earth am I going to do but I want to let you know that don't don't trip over what you have lost come on somebody trip about the fact give God praise about the fact that even though you've lost some stuff he still loves you I'm grateful that his love is unconditional come on somebody and that love that's on my life is still there even if I've lost certain things somebody where you are you ought to be excited about it and give God praise I hear Job because Job was in a position where he was favored by the Lord and he was someone who was upright and God loved him and the Bible makes it clear that the enemy was given a permission to be able to go and to tempt and to test and to challenge Job and he lost each and every single thing even his wife the one that stayed alive was the one that was there in his ear talking about you are to curse God and die come on but Job knew and he understood that the call and the assignment on his life was not attached to what he had come on somebody that at the end of the day the love of God was bigger than what he had or didn't have and so he's like listen woman move from here come on somebody I'm not gonna curse my God he says though he slayed me yet will I trust him come Come on, he gives and he takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Can I preach in this place like I feel it? I want to encourage somebody. You ought to get a praise in your spirit. There are some of you who your praise is attached to stuff. Your, your praise is attached to genie Jesus. But how many of you know that we are not serving no genie Jesus at the end of the night? If I have it, he's still good. If I don't have it, he's still good. And though he may Lay me. I've lost some things in my life. I've even lost some things this year. But at the end of the night, God is with me. And at the end of the day, his love supersedes anything I have or I don't have. Somebody ought to put those hands together 
where you are and give the Lord. Give him some praise. Man, I feel the power in this thing. I want to help you to understand because look at what happens next. Come on. There's more. There's more. They threw him in a pit. Now, I want you to notice this, what they say about this pit in verse 24. It says, and they took him and threw him in the pit. The pit was empty and there was no water in it. The pit was empty and there was no water in it. Watch this, a place of loneliness because it was empty, but it was also a place where it says there was no water in it. Come on. And so there was a lack of resource. Obviously he needed water, uh, but there was no, there was, it was lonely, it was empty, and there was no water in it. I don't know who I'm talking to. There's some of you right now, as a result of the dream that God has placed on your heart, and as a result of all of the things that have transpired in this year, you may feel like you are in a pit that looks like this and I love the when the Bible gives us such terrible exact details uh, in regards to these various things some of us overlook them and, and blow past them but I believe that they are important it was empty because oftentimes when it is as a result of the dream that God has given you you may be in a place of isolation come on somebody has anybody else experienced any form of isolation because of the dream that God has put in your heart uh, uh, but how how about this notice there's no water in it there's no sustenance in the pit there's no they're in a position where you are where there's no resources your resources are challenged in this pit position come on this year has been a challenge for many of you come on somebody even in the midst it may seem based upon what's going on all around you that not only are you all by yourself but also it, you may feel like the promise of God may not come to pass because your resources are being challenge come on through this COVID season I want you to understand because many of us in between the revelation and the fulfillment of the dream things will happen to make you doubt what you've seen come on that rhyme pick it, pick it. let me say it again in between the revelation and the fulfillment of the dream things will happen to make you doubt what you have seen I'm here to tell you don't matter if the pit is empty come on it might seem like God put us in timeout but I feel like we had to go there for many of us because he wanted to deal with this racism demon. Come on, Martin Luther King had a dream many years ago and God has allowed for many of us, especially the church, if I can just speak prophetically, to be in a pit while we're in this time of isolation and while resources are challenged to be able to focus our attention on eradicating this giant called racism. And so the fact of the matter is that all Oftentimes, God will allow you to be thrown into a pit. Come on. But the pit is not there to eradicate the promise. The pit is a comma in the sentence. Come on, somebody. And the promise is still going to happen. I want to give you this point. Here it is. The pit can't cancel God's promise. The pit can't cancel God's promise. Yeah, it don't matter what the pit looks like for you. Come on. Pit happens. There it is. Uh, that's the title of this message. I know I'm almost through preaching, but I want you to give it to you now. Pit happens. Come on. The pit can't cancel God's promise. What does the pit represent in your life? This year has been a challenge. COVID has been a crazy pit. We've been isolated in the house with our families. Come on. Resources have been challenged, but the pit can't cancel the promise. My 
God, I'm so glad. I'm I, I, even with the challenging resources. My God has been Jehovah Jireh in this season more than I've ever seen him before. I wonder if it's anybody else that's been experiencing even in the pit with no water. It don't matter if it's no water in the pit. It don't matter if it seems like I'm by myself. God is still a provider. Even if there's no water in the pit, even when the resources are challenged, God is still a provider. Man, I feel this preach. I wonder if there's anybody that can give God praise in your room if it's someone other than me that knows that God is still providing right in the middle of the challenge. The pit can't cancel the promise. Come on, somebody. And I want to let you know I'm almost done. I'm at the close, but I want you to note this. The fact of the matter is there's some of you because Joseph ends up in the pit because he probably made a decision to prematurely share this dream. And so things could have probably gone a different way. Come on, somebody. Things could have probably gone another way if he held it to himself a little longer, if he, if the thing maturated a little bit more, if he was prayerful, maybe things would have happened a different way because God didn't have things didn't have to happen that way in order for him to get to the promise but nonetheless even if it was a misstep come on somebody we serve a God come on God can even make your missteps align with his steps oh my I just want to shout and let somebody know that God can even make your missteps align with his steps I don't know who I'm talking to that messed up you might have had a challenge come on you might have done some things that were not the best you might have tripped up but we serve a God who makes all things work together for good Romans 8 28 for them who love the Lord and are the call according to his purpose Proverbs 3 5 trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path even when what's happening may be because you made a poor decision at the end of the night if you trust in God come on him directing my path is not only about when I make the right decisions but I love how we get to see his power demonstrated especially when I make the wrong decisions come on somebody anybody glad that God is a director and he can take my missteps and align them with his steps somebody ought to put those hands together and give him the praise and so he gets thrown in the pit and he gets sold into slavery. And so I'm excited. You got to come back next week for us to dive deeper into what happens. Pit happens, fam, but it ain't canceled. The promise of God still will come to pass. You know what I love about the story of Joseph is I told you it is a microcosm of something that is so much more massive. The narration of the Bible is so potent. And in this passage and in this chapter, there's so many parallels between Joseph and Jesus. Joseph was sold. He was sold into slavery. Just as Jesus was sold out by those who were in his circle. He was sold out uh, to ultimately be crucified. And so in that moment, in that moment, we see the parallels because Joseph in many cases is a type of Christ. And we are able to look and see so many parallels. And I want to encourage you and I want to invite you today, even as we're talking about pit happens and we're challenging you and I'm telling you that the pit can't cancel the promise. Jesus, Jesus went through difficulty. He was crucified for the sins of people who put him on the cross. The Bible makes it clear that even though they thought that they were eradicating the promise that was on his life, 
which was ultimately the salvation of mankind. Bible makes it clear that God, that God was with him, that the Father was with him, and that he was raised from death, even though they thought death was the end. Raised to the place where he's able to say, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? Because pit happens, but pit can't cancel the promise that God has on your life. And so Jesus ends up dying, he rises from death, and today he extends eternal life to all of us in relationship with God, right relationship with God to each and every single one of us who is listening and watching today. And so if you're watching this today and you're like, you know what? I, if I was to die today, I don't know if I would be with Jesus forever or if I would be going to hell. Both of real places, heaven and the presence of God and, and hell. And they both start now. Not only this, you know, it's not just about going to heaven, but what about your relationship with God now? You're like, man, I got to get it all together. I got to get it right. No, 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 no. You don't get right. Remember, Jesus died for you before you even took your very first breath. And that indicates to us that he died for us irrespective of who we are, what we look like, or what we were going to do. And so today he extends eternal life to you and relationship with himself, with God, to you today. And so if this is you and you're watching this right now and you don't have a relationship with God, or maybe you've run away from God and today is the day that you come back to the Lord. If that person is you, I want to extend this opportunity to you. I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're like, today is my day. The Bible says God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 10 and 9 says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. In other words, if you say, Jesus, I want you to be the boss and the Lord and the king of my life. And if you believe in your heart that indeed God raised him from death, that you would be saved. And so if that person is you today and you're like, today is my day, I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's not this prayer that saves, but it's a commitment to Christ, a response to the gospel in faith, to this good news in faith that ultimately saves. And so in this moment, I want you to pray this and mean it with all your heart. And so we just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, and be with me now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.